0: All right. It's the, it's the best for last. Every season we save the NFC North for our final division preview podcast. Super excited to bring it to you today. Uh, I did want to say, though, Tommy, you sent a video of John Gruden uh, about the, the nightmares. Yep. Having dreams and nightmares. And uh, just, you know, was thinking about our, our presidential candidate endorsement, Andrew Yang, thinking about the back judge essence as a whole and you know it's it's a crowded world out here with podcasts it's a, it's a crowded media world you have to fight hard to uh get get some viewers get some listeners and you know just for the future if you guys see any articles or tweets that are out of line let's just start attacking people we got to start ending some dreams yep. <laughs> yeah i mean we, like you know we got to see yank go after bernie for the free college thing i mean if if you so yep. you know if you see some tweets see some articles that you're like this is ridiculous write a post talk about it on the next podcast let's you're you know, right. we got big dreams, but so, so do other people. And so. Hey,
1: Bleacher Report, I got a whole folder full. <laughs> I got a whole folder full, Bleacher Report. I screenshot every single time you've said something out of line. And you guys have said some very out of line things, let me say. In all sports. So let's just leave it at that. In all sports,
2: Andrew Wiggins, best player, nineteen twenty season, Bleacher Report. <laughs> Certified Bleacher Report. Sam Bradford, elite, certified bleacher report.
1: Elites. All right, Sam Bradford, elite. All right, we're Enough moving the on. slander.
0: But um, it's a business. Uh, the the most obviously though anticipated podcast of the year is always the uh, Lions preview spectacular, which uh, we'll be dropping. You know, we won't be recording it right after this, but we'll drop them at the same time, just so that you have them both uh, to to lend your ears to, but. That'll be just for uh, myself and Lee Murray, and maybe a John Dolan call in at the end. So for for our purposes on this podcast, Tommy will be starting us off with the Detroit Lions and giving his take. And uh, whenever he is done, we'll move on to the Green Bay Packers. So Tommy, just just take the mic and uh, you know go for it.
2: So it's my turn to uh, analyze the Detroit Lions, and you know there's a lot of things to to be excited about. Um, last year. I think was 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 not a good was not a good showing from from Matt Patricia in his first year as as head coach, and I think this this really is the year that you know Klepp has been alluding to this since the draft at, at the result of their draft class and throughout the off season and, and Lee and I have been don't include
0: anything that I have talked about don't don't include anything okay. I said
2: okay all right all
0: right all right the back <laughs> well you, just, you can go I don't mean to interrupt all you. right you all can, right, you right can keep rolling I just, we've you know, uh,
2: this 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 is been clean. this year will make or break. Uh, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn and they they went they went they swung for the fences this year they got TJ Hawkinson who is who's the best tight end prospect since I guess OJ Howard would be the first one that comes to mind but really probably the most complete tight end prospect that we've seen in a long time they went on and got him Daryl Bevel's in to call plays from Seattle um the defense Mike Daniels was just signed yesterday this uh there's a lot of things that I think the Lions are going to do do well this year and I think they're they arguably have the best uh you know run defense in the NFL right now. Definitely a top 10 one when you look at that defensive line. Ashawn Robinson, Mike Daniels, Trey Flowers, Snacks Harrison, Deshaun Hand. Uh th- those are all guys that can get after it. Um and I and I see this year as a bit of a building block year for the for the Detroit Lions where um you know we're going to see what this offense looks like. We're really going to see also what what Matt Stafford is made of after I think you can chalk up last year was the worst year of his career. He was playing with a broken back. Uh you know, side note, I don't know how he was playing. I don't know why he was playing if he had a broken back. He shouldn't have been playing. Uh they should have, they should have you know, taken him out from from day 1. That kind of seem, seems a little bit a little bit weird to me, but you know, this team uh I just think this team is worse than the three other teams in the division. And so I do think that they have some nice building blocks, and I think that they're going to be a competitive team and a, and a tough out. But it's hard for me to see see this team taking that next step. Um, and that's basically all, I guess, I'll, I'll, I'll say. Um, their linebackers, I think they are, they might have the worst linebacking core in the NFL. Jelani Tavai is going to be, be huge for them, I think, the the rookie second-round pick. Um, their secondary corner, who's gonna who's gonna be that? Is it gonna be Amani or Awarie, who a lot of people were high on in the draft season? Um, you know, myself included, I think he's a very good corner. Is he gonna be their number two guy across from from Darius Slay? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of questions with this team, and it it just doesn't bode a lot of confidence for me going in when you look up uh when you look around at the other division the other teams in this division in Chicago, Green Bay, and Minnesota. I just think that this team is the weakest of that bunch. And uh, I think that this is going to be another year where they finish at the bottom of the NFC North. know, um, yeah, So I guess, I guess that's my take.
0: Thank you, Tommy. We're moving on. We're moving on to the green Bay Packers who uh, endured another rough season last year. This was a team that I, de- I, I kind of did a deep dive into for my first overnight bus article on the back And the main takeaway I have with this team is that if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, I think they would have a bottom five roster in the NFL. I honestly believe that. And, like, I just think they had a terrible draft. I think they've had pretty awful drafts in the, in the past few years, and I get kind of excited and upset when I'm talking about the Packers because I, I, I don't like them very much, obviously. Um, but I just think that there's a, so many holes on this team. Um, you look at the tight end position. They haven't really been able to address that over the past three seasons, and I know they drafted Jay Sternberger in the third round, but it's a third-round rookie. On the offensive line, all of these guys are just another year older. Jason Spriggs hasn't been a, a great player for you guys. There's another high draft pick that they had. Um, if you look at the receivers, I, I do, I have picked Mar- Marquez Valdez-Gantling to have a nice little um, breakout season, but and Devontae Adams is a stud, but other than that, you're, you're not seeing much depth behind them. At running back, I'm just not too excited about Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. Um, I don't think that any of those guys really or anyone that defensive coordinators are too worried about, uh, you know, destroying their teams. Um, and even if you go to the defense, their linebacking core is, is kind of old in terms of off-the-ball guys. I know they signed Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith to, to rush the passer, but in terms of off-the-ball linebackers, Oren Burks and Blake Martinez, and they're just not going to be I, – I don't know, I would rather have Jared Davis – Hey, even though that's not a I think they're both pretty pretty bad i'm use, I'm doing lion stuff now, but maybe that's not so good but um I, I don't know I just see a lot of holes I'm, that was kind of rambly, but um Lee, do you maybe want to want to focus my my thoughts yeah. here
1: <laughs> I mean, I agree with most of what you said. I just think that this team is we've seen their Achilles hill kind of the past couple of years not you know. I just think that we've kind of seen the downfall of the Green Bay Packers, and they're playing from behind the eight ball now, in my opinion. They've lost, you know, a lot of their juice, I think, from years past. Aaron Rodgers, I, I know he was injured two years ago. He looks kind of tired last year. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. I think he's probably the best quarterback in the NFL. But in terms of surrounding talent, I just want to focus on the fact that they used their first uh, – they had two first-round picks in, in the NFL draft this year, 12 and 21 – they had opportunities to get, to put talent on their offense to surround Aaron Rodgers with either protection or players that can make his job and life a lot easier and let him use the extreme, uh, extremely elite skill set he has. And they they drafted uh, Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage, two defensive players, and. I don't know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, Clep, because I'm kind of more, I feel like I'm going to be in more with agreement of you of you than Tommy in this argument, because I'm not really sold on the Packers this year, and, you know, obviously with the Lions being in this division, it forced me to focus in on it a bit harder than the other divisions with my, you know, sometimes I just see two teams as kind of equals, and, in let my kind of emotions do the rest and w- with the eye test of what I've seen in the past do the rest or how my faith in their head coach and the rest. And you can't really do that in this division. I just think you got to look a little bit deeper. And there are some, I think there are some cracks in the foundation of this Green Bay Packers team that are, that are just about ready to burst. And it's all topped by the fact that I don't necessarily believe Matt LaFleur has proven himself enough to be a head coach. So I really am interested to see what this team is going to do this year with the Seemingly, with the amount of inadequacies they have on their roster and in their with their staff, I guess I'll be the devil's advocate because I uh, I mean I really
2: like this, this team's draft. Uh, you know, getting both Darnell Savage and Rashawn Gary in the first round. I actually think those guys are both going to be impact players from day one on the defense. I think Darnell Savage is a guy that. It's kind of like Eddie Jackson in a little bit, where he can play all over the field, and he just is a, a ball hawk and a playmaker. And I think Rashawn Gary is going to have a much better NFL career than college career. And I think along with the uh, signings of, you know, Preston Smith and uh, Zadarius Smith, I think that they have a nice little. I I completely see your guys' point with them not addressing the offense. Um, and we and we went over this in the post in our post draft analysis. But this team's defense has been awful for a really long time, and I think. The fact that and when they went to a Super Bowl, they had a, they had a very good defense. And I think if they're they're I agree with you, Klep, that Blake Martinez and Oren Burks are not really anything to write home about uh, at at middle linebacker. But other than that, uh, Jair Alexander had a great rookie year. Uh, they brought in Adrian Amos. I, I really like the 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 stuff that they did to fill out this roster. And they got rid of Mike Daniels, which was a little bit of a head scratcher. But I think they they obviously think that Kingsley Kiki, their fifth round pick out of Texas A&M, who's just a monster of a man. Uh, is going to, and you know, they have Kenny Clark too. So they have some depth on the D line. And then in terms of the offense, uh, at Devontae Adams is elite, like like Klepp was saying. And now they have all these guys who are second year guys who, again, we've talked about Equinemius St. Brown, Marquez Val, uh, valdez scantling Jamon Moore. These guys need to step up, and one of these guys needs to emerge and be productive. And I think they can just based on Lee admitted to it. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. And when you have to say, you know, they have Aaron Rodgers but I just think you're you're taking away from what this team can be with their quarterback Aaron Jones I think is when he's not suspended or injured is very effective in this offense can run the ball can catch the ball can do a little bit of everything and then their second and third round pick in Elton Jenkins who's a very versatile lineman who can play center or guard just getting more depth to that offensive line and then Jay Sternberger I think is going to be an absolute steal and I think can steal the job from Jimmy Graham as a guy who can block and is athletic and can catch passes so I really see a lot of upside with this, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur aside, like we did with all, I, you know, I think if he can craft together a, a competent offense and this defense under Mike Patton can, you know, just get after a little bit and be a little bit better. I think this team has all the makings to, to win some games.
0: I well, the I mean, you mentioned Matt LaFleur and that's kind of where my issues with this team begin. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff coming out of Tennessee that he can't control the room. You already have Aaron Rodgers saying that he doesn't have the he wants more control of the line of scrimmage that he you know and Matt Lafleur is not really giving it to him and this is where I'm gonna make uh, perhaps my most risky most homer and and sauciest prophecy of the season and this is gonna be that the Green Bay Packers are gonna finish last in the NFC North and Matt Lafleur is gonna be a one and done coach.
1: Wow, wow.
0: I don't wow. think I don't think he's made for it. I think this is gonna be a really bad year. I think. I just don't think he's going to be a great head coach. And I think there's a ton of reasons why the Packers can fail this year. And I can see them really just kind of doing a whole reboot again next year.
2: Well, if that is the case, I 100% expect them them to rebuild. And I guess I I actually can see that, but I just am taking more of a uh, glass-half-full approach. And I just see a lot of talent. I think this roster is better than it was last year. And if Aaron Rodgers can – get back to his old form. I just, you know, I think this team could be really good and they're playing on, you know, a third place schedule. So, uh, I, I see the upside uh, on this team.
1: Yeah. I mean, a third place schedule, but that still consists of consistent two game spans that are not, not really easy humps to get over starting the season at Chicago, home to the Vikings then week four and five, home to the Eagles at Dallas, week eight and nine at Kansas City at the Chargers, and then week 15 and 16, home to the Bears at Minnesota, obviously division games still, but I mean, they got some easy ones in between, but if the Lions are anything to be scared of in this division, they do not have the easiest schedule. I mean, this division speaks for itself, so I just think that Maybe if I didn't articulate it well enough the first time neither side of the football really moves the needle enough for me to really be convinced with teamed with the hiring of Matt LaFleur that this Packers team is going to somehow, you know, go back to their old winning ways of when McCarthy and Rodgers worked. I just feel like they're they're getting a Matt LaFleur size size plug to fill a Mike McCarthy-sized hole that was left in this franchise. And I do not think that that's the answer. And I think that Aaron Rodgers has kind of proven that there's only so much that he can do about it. I mean, I don't, I'm not convinced of the pass-catching options. I don't think that – I think Valdez Scantling could have a good How year. Valuable. Obviously, Devontae Adams is I, good. If I may. if What do you mean? How about, I the, mean, their pass-catchers aren't they, great?
2: Well, they have Devonte Adams, and then it's like they have a bunch of you know unproven talent behind them that ha- that all has. Their potential. offensive,
1: their offensive line have, is, is. I mean, I their mean, offensive
2: lines. It, they have arguably the best left tackle in the NFL in David Bakhtiari, and they drafted Elton Jenkins, who I personally. I don't want to. I-
1: Elton Jenkins is good, but Brian Balaga is not the player he used to be. He's in a contract year. He's older, and I think that they've their defense is 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 filled with twenty-two uh, year olds, you know, studs apparently that haven't uh, maybe out of the six of them, one or two of them has asserted have asserted themselves actually as legitimate players in this league, and I think in the division that they're in right now, that these teams are really getting after it, and that with the LaFleur hiring and, and, and you know, Nathaniel Hackett coming in as offensive coordinator who's gonna, I think is probably gonna call the plays, but I just think that this is kind of a team that is, they're scrambling. They're scrambling for answers right now, and I think that they kind of grabbed onto those answers a little bit desperately, and I don't think that those answers are right. I'm convinced right now that the answers aren't right, and obviously I've been wrong on this podcast before, but I think it's kind of proven by the way they've drafted. I really do. I, over the past couple years, I just think that with the combination of moves they've made and haven't made in the offseason, teamed with how they've drafted, has proven that this team is behind the eight ball, like I said earlier, and is going to be kind of playing from behind if they want to win
2: well, I think we all kind of agree that this is either a playoff or a rebuild situation, and and you guys are are uh, you know kind of leaning towards the latter, but you know there's going to be some uh, something is going to this has to to uh, you know give something you know they they have to know a little bit. They're either like Club said, if this team finishes fourth in the division, I'm expecting them to trade Aaron Rodgers and, and draft a quarterback and kind of blow it up and, and change the identity of yeah, this franchise. Yeah, I wouldn't be
1: surprised. I wouldn't be surprised about that and, either. And you
2: know, I'm and I am just taking more of the. I think this team, this was the top dog in the NFC North for you know for, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers has regressed. And you know, it's just obviously there's some questions like we were talking about with the Browns. But again, I just see I see a lot of upside with this team, and I think you know this team has very well could win the division.
0: Let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings, which is a team I really really uh, like this year. Uh, in the NFC North. I think that last year there was a lot of expectation with Kirk Cousins and the season they had the year prior making the NFC championship game. And uh, I, I wasn't too shocked that there was somewhat of a regression there. I think the bring in John D. Filippo wasn't really the right fit. this, And so Kevin Stefanski came in. Um, and he, he did a pretty decent job of kind of overhauling that unit as much as you can uh, in the middle of a season. They bring in Kubiak. Um, I don't know exactly what his role is, but he's in the building kind of helping out Stefanski mold this offense, and I think that's going to be really good for them as well. Uh, I, I kind of just see this team uh, as one that maybe took a little bit of a step back this year but is flying under the radar now a little bit more and just has a good chance, and it's almost like a contender hiding in, in plain sight.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you, uh, Adam, and I think so much of their problems last year started with that offensive line, and that's something that we've kind of beat to death, but they brought in Garrett Bradbury this year to, to play center, and, and he looks like a guy who's going to be an impact player at center for the next 10 to 12 years on this line, and then bringing in Drew Samia. Uh, if they get that offensive line right, and they can give Kirk Cousins ample protection, and Dalvin Cook and can stay healthy and run behind a a good offensive line. uh, You know, I think a lot of things are just going to kind of take care of themselves. This is this defense, obviously, you know, even if they're not the number one defense in the NFL, this team, this defense is still very good and very solid. And I just think they need to, they need to raise their floor a little bit and they can't lose to Buffalo in, in week four at home. You know, they just need to be a little bit more efficient and can need to execute at a higher level. And I think they, they took the necessary steps this off season to ensure that that happens. And, you know, if this team has another down year, uh, I guess Cousins would have one year left on his fully guaranteed deal and they can try and kick the can again, but uh, if this team misses the playoffs or has a down year, you know, I think I would expect them to kind of look for a rebuild as well.
0: Buffalo at Minnesota the famous survivor game.
2: Yep, the famous survivor game. We're all out.
1: Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Uh yeah, I expect really big things from this Minnesota Vikings team this year, and that is partially because I do believe Kirk Cousins has the capability to lead a team uh, to the playoffs and maybe even to a first round bye in the NFC. And I think that this is the team that he's going to do it with. I just think that uh, Mike Zimmer's too good of a coach to be, uh, you know, winning eight games in the past, two of the past three years, and I think that he's going to right his wrongs um this upcoming season with the group that he has like Tommy said I think Garrett Bradbury nearly single-handedly improves their offensive line not necessarily to the extent that Quinton Nelson did but kind of in the same type of way where one player you can plug in and might make a really big difference on their offensive line in terms of pass protection and overall comfortability in the pocket for Kirk Cousins and then you can make an argument that this team has one of the best uh wide receiver duos in the NFL I'm still waiting for Dalvin Cook to pop off as a running back. He's done it a couple times, but with consistency, staying healthy. I'm excited to see this guy Alexander Madison out of Boise play uh, for the Vikings this year as a kind of a gadget guy. And then on defense, I mean, you guys covered most of the bases. I think that this defense is, went on, you know, a top five defense in the NFL, and I think they're going to play like it this year. Um, I think this is really going to come down to the offensive production, consistency, ability to not turn the ball over. And Kirk Cousins, man, like, uh, and I I just really believe that this is the year that they're going to put it all together. And I don't really think I need to justify this defense too much. They do a lot of it themselves. I'm excited to see Mackenzie Alexander make that next step at cornerback. Um, Trey Waynes has found a way to stick around, even though he's not been necessarily the player they thought he would be. He'd been pretty inconsistent. But this is a team that I think the offensive line is going to come back stronger this year. I think Cousins is going to come back stronger this year. I think Dalvin Cook's going to come back stronger this year, and I really just think that the Vikings are kind of going to be clicking on all cylinders. They're definitely going to make the playoffs this year.
0: Don't count out J. Ron Curse in that secondary, too. No. That and an all-star.
2: And let me hop on my, my Stacy Coley prophecy two years later. J. Ron Take Cendejo out. Hey, Dylan Mitchell is is taking that job from Laquan Treadwell. Seventh-round pick out of Oregon. This kid can do a lot of good things, right? I think he's just the perfect number three option to, uh, to Diggs and Thielen. So – Laquan, you're you're out. You're fired. Get out of here. Dylan Mitchell season.
0: Riley Reef is pretty bad. I will say that he's he's yeah. not good. He's not good. So I mean, I th- I still think there's some issues along the offensive line, but as a they, whole, they brought this in Josh is...
1: Klein though from Tennessee. They brought in Josh Klein at guard yeah, and and, and, and brought...
0: line is, is a good. He was he's been playing center for them. They'll kick him up to guard for Bradbury. Uh, I'm a
1: big Brian O'Neill guy. Yeah, so I, I
0: mean, this is definitely an, an improved unit for sure. Remmers wasn't really getting it done for them either. I mean, so I, I just think that the offensive line has improved, but there's still, you know, some some cost for concern there. Uh, but, you know, I'd be mean, obviously like, you know, guys like Rudolph getting an extension. They re signed Barr. Irv Smith coming in at tight end, too. Nice little extra weapon, perhaps. It, almost kind of like we were talking about Lee, where we're not sure why. The Bengals got Drew Sample kind of as that luxury pick, but you can kind of see why yeah. the Vikings could be in a position to maybe take a luxury pick like an Irv Smith and see how absolutely. he can fit into that offense. And he
1: could uh, end up being their their starting
0: tight end. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah,
2: and all the more reason why I don't. I was completely mystified when they extended Kyle Rudolph. Like obviously he's a veteran. He's been with the team for a long time, but uh, I just don't think he's the player that he once was. And you draft a guy like Irv Smith in the second round to, to be a second, you know. I just, you know, that, I, that's a little side note. That, that move really mystified me a little bit. But. It's, never,
1: it's never bad to have depth, you know, at tight end.
2: Yeah, no, you're, you're right. But, um.
1: And just have that veteran presence to, to show Irv the ropes kind of too. Definitely. I don't know. Definitely. I was kind of surprised too, but hey, I don't think it was
0: a bad move necessarily. So, the Chicago Bears, a hot topic for the Back Judge podcast as a whole I mean, just to just to, start this, bears. Da, just to start this conversation off, I'm not sure between Jonah Lopez and working in the, the sports media industry here in Chicago over the summer, I am not sure I have experienced a fan base uh, and an analysts as a whole from the city more confident about a team that has been in the gutter of the North for the five of the last six years, and ultimately at the end of the day, what did they do last year? They lost at home to the Nick Fools Eagles in a playoff game. Like, it, if you look at the Bears, there's so much hype around this team, but at the very end of the day, you lost in the divisional round at home to the Nick Fools Eagles. That's what you did last year. And yes, they you can you know they won the division, they had a great defense, but it's it's kind of more of a thing just like this. There's so much confidence and almost an idea of oh well we were so good last year there's no way that it can change and that's the thing that's kind of rubbing me the wrong way about everything that's surrounding the Bears right now and it all starts it's almost you know beating a dead horse but it all starts with Trubisky it absolutely all starts with number 10 and the fact that I don't see him as a quarterback who can do much more than win with the perfect unit around him and it's not even so much the offense but Mitch Trubisky has, you know, in last year was never asked to be the guy that puts his team on his shoulders. It was all of the defense. He plays with one of the, I think the lowest point total scored against him. It's something like 17 and a half points that he's played with in his career on average per game. And it's lowest out of any other quarterback in the NFL. So this is a team for me that I see the talent on this roster. I see why people are, you know, can be excited about this team. But at the end of the day, I don't think the quarterback is there. And I think that, you know, they can be due to just have a stinker of a year. The defense, I think, will regress under Chuck Pagano. Losing Vic Fangio is one of the biggest kind of stories of the offseason that no one is really talking about. You lost Bryce Callahan also to the to the Broncos, followed Fangio there. And at the end, you know, no first or, first or second round pick. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with this team right now. I'm not totally sold on them at all. Um, so where are you guys at?
2: Um, I'm, I'm a little bit in the middle club because I definitely think that this team is going to regress a little bit, but I still think at the end of the day, I really love what Matt Nagy did in, in year one. And I do agree with you that there, you definitely can expect to see some regression, but still this defense, they, uh, they lost Adrian Amos, but they replaced him with HaHa Clinton Dix, which I think is, is, you know, a very similar, uh, you know, similar level player. And then, Bringing in Busta Scrine, I think, is a downgrade over Bryce Callahan, but I don't think it's you know, it's a it's the end of the world. I still think this defense is really great. I know your boy Bilal Nichols is going to take that next step in year two. Um, this, I mean, this defensive line is just really awesome. Their linebackers are really great and young. And then on offense, despite not having uh, you know the top end picks, bringing in David Montgomery, who I loved last year, in the process, and then Riley Ridley, who's another receiver that I I really likes. I just think this team ha- has built enough depth to remain competitive. despite. And I completely agree with everything you said, Club, about uh, Mr. Trubisky. He never had a chance to really show what his worth was and put the team on his back. And I think that is going to be illuminated this year when the defense maybe isn't as good and he's going to have to win them a couple more games. And that's where I see this team taking a little bit of a dip. But I still think that their floor um, is, is, is br- relatively high and that they're going to be a tough out. So... Um, I see a, a meddling scene from the Bears, a meddling season from the Bears.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a good football team, man. This is a really good football team, seriously. I think Eddie Jackson is one of the best young BoJack, one of the best young defensive players in the NFL. I'm really looking for Roquan to take that next step. I think Leonard Floyd is not played to the level that you know maybe some of the the people who Thought he could be elite like like that boy Klepp. He hasn't shown that yet, but he's still solid. He's still a solid player, and no one can no one can argue that Khalil Mack has he, the, the guy has changed the culture of this defense, man. They're they're back to the man eating bears, and I really don't have too many bad things to say about this defense. Albeit that they lost Adrian Amos and Bryce Callahan and Vic Fangio. That's obviously going to be a blow on them, but with the presence they have and the talent they have and the growing talent, let's say they have. I just think that. It, it may not be as big of a blow as it could be for other teams. I think that there's still that, that veteran leadership and there's that kind of a lot of good dudes riding the ship on that defense. I think this is a team that's going to be in every football game they play. They're going to compete Absolutely. with everyone they play. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and maybe, even, maybe even like we saw last year in games like the Miami game, they might play down to the level of a Denver Week 2. They might play down to the, you know, the level of a, of a Redskins or of a, or of a Raiders. I don't know. You know, the, this is a team that we're, you're going to see a lot of variance from. But and before I go in on, on my last point, David Montgomery, I'm not going to try to – David Montgomery is an incredible running back, and he plays that kind of Iowa – I know he went to Iowa State, but that kind of Big Ten style uh, Midwest, you know, Give him give him the ball 35 times a game. The guy's a bell cow. He's physical. He's tough. Well, he's quick. He's just like kind of everything you want out of a running back. A quick note on, on David M- David
0: Montgomery too. I went to a Special Olympics event at the at the mm. Bears training facility, and he was uh, he was awesome with the kids. Man, yeah, really comfortable with his own skin. It was great to see from a rookie. I'm a big fan of his. A big fan of David yeah, Montgomery. Yeah, that,
1: that's that's well, that's just adding on to the. I have nothing really bad to say about him. I think that he's going to be. Their are running back for years to come. I really think that they got that guy as a steal with a 73rd pick. But ultimately, man, we're talking about 10. We're talking 10. This is what it's going to come down to. That man, Mitch, the reason they're going to play down to a team like Denver, the reason they're, you know, there's going to be variance in their season is because Mitchell Trubisky is an inconsistent quarterback. And similar to kind of my qualms about Lamar Jackson, maybe Trubisky is a better pure passer. Maybe he has a little bit more consistency with his accuracy. The full-on consistency isn't there. The, the, the motion isn't there. The faith, in my eyes, is not there with Mitchell Trubisky. And I think these Bears And it's, fans, it's,
0: not, even, it's not even week-to-week consistency. It's drive-to-drive consistency.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that's, it's everything. It's, it's, a, it's, being, it's leading a game by two possessions in the fourth quarter and somehow losing in Miami. You know, it's things like that. And it's, it's just, these Bears fans have got their first taste of success... They got the Khalil Mack trade. They got hyped. They had a reason to be hyped. They win 12 games. It's extremely impressive. <coughs> but I think there, there's definitely some delusion, you know, uh, mixed in with that Kool-Aid. And I think it comes down to their, their inability to see the flaws in Trubisky's play. And, you know, I had an altercation with a Bears fan with the game we were at, you know, two years ago in Chicago. Talking about Trubisky, Call, Calling for Glennon.
0: Team. We wanted Glennon in in that final drive. We
1: wanted Glennon in because Trubisky didn't have it like that. And, and quite honestly, I still don't think Trubisky has it like that. I think maybe I like Nagy a lot. I'm not going to say he's going to get fired, but I think he might have a little bit of a coaching sophomore slump. And this Bears t- offense isn't going to produce through the air like they did last year. I think they're going to be a little more predictable, and I think Trubisky's going to get exposed this year. I made it clear in every single way that I can in every podcast that we've talked about the guy. I can't sit here and say that the Bears are going to win over eight games right now or or over, yeah, over eight games because I don't have faith in Trubisky. I think that these teams just have one more year of tape on him as opposed to him having one more year of tape on them. I see them with the advantage, and I just think Trubisky's going to kind of fall into, you know, the quarterback mediocrity hole that so many before him have.
2: I think it's interesting uh, as we wrap this up because around this time last year, um, you know, I think we all were like seeing the hype with Chicago and it came down to Trubisky. We saw that he has all the pieces around him and it comes down to Mitch. And now this year we saw that hype realized and then have one of the best defenses in the past, you know, decade or whatever, and it still came down to Trubisky and you know, obviously Cody Parkey missed that kick, but Trubisky did not have a good game until really that last drive.
0: And and it's not like they signed a kicker this offseason. <laughs>
2: yeah, seriously. So we're kind of in the same spot, and you know I think, well you know the we see the talent around this team, and if they had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, you know the two other quarterbacks drafted in the first round this that year, that this could arguably be the best team in the NFL. So you know I just it comes down to the quarterback. I think we're all in the same boat. It comes down to ten, and as as I screamed drunkenly that in that game two years ago, we weren't sitting together. to risky. Prove show me something. Prove me something. And that's what I'm going to be screaming all year. That's the theme. Swing first, Shady. I mean, poopas. Damn it.
1: <laughs> you- I, I'm 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 toying with a prophecy idea that I'm not ready to push in, but I might want to let you guys hear it just to see where your heads are at. All right. The fill, the game in Chicago, the Parky game will be the most important game that Mitch Trubisky will ever start in in his his NFL career. Wow. I like it. Be the most, like, lights are on, most high stakes game that Trubisky will start in. If you want
0: to press send on that prophecy, I'll press send on my prophecy that Mitch Trubisky will never win a game at Ford Field.
1: Oh! (laughs) (laughs) All right. We in. We in. (laughs) We're doing it. Let's go. I love that. I love that. I feel that right now, just because we're we don't we don't kiss
0: titties in Detroit. Exactly. We don't kiss titties in Detroit. We eat ass in the parking lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! So are we gonna rake this division or what's the deal here? Let's do it. Sands Lions. Adam, we go Sands.
0: Yeah, we'll go Sands Lions.
1: we let the fans decide where we think the Lions are at. Yeah,
0: we'll just just rank the the guy, the guy teams arbitrarily that we, we've we talked about. I've given away my Packers, but, you know.
1: Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Who's who starting it off?
0: You, you started off, Tommy, since you uh... – All
1: right,
2: uh, I got the uh, Minnesota Vikings winning this division, and I think, uh, you know, we all kind of touched on it. This team, uh, I think, is just going to execute this year, and, and I think has the highest floor, and – um, you know, I just I just see a, a nice year from from the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. I got the Packers in that number two spot, uh, potentially being a wild card team, and, and you know, saving uh, saving Matt Lafleur Lafleur's job and 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 holding off the rebuild that that Klepp is prophesizing. And then in that third spot, I got the Chicago Bears, who I think are just going to be a solid tough out, as we touched about, but not enough trust in ten. And then uh, I got the Lions in the fourth spot, who I think will be better than last year, but overall just don't have the top-end talent uh, to compete with the rest of the division.
0: So, Sands-Lions, you you pick. You, the listener, decides where I put the Lions. (laughs) Listen to the Lions preview special for the official rankings, but I'll have the Vikings. Should be coming up soon, huh? Oh, it'll it'll drop right after this. It'll drop right after this. But I'll I'll have the Vikings, uh, then the Bears, and then the Packers. So...
1: Vikings, Bears, Packers. Woo. Lions, Vikings, Bears, Woo. Packers. <laughs> Vikings, Bears, Packers. Just to let you know where I'm at.
0: That does it for the divisions.
2: Hey, man, it goes by too quick. Just like college it
0: goes by too quick. And the the next thing that, <laughs> <laughs> especially when you leave early. Exactly. Especially yeah. when right? you
2: spend
1: a semester
0: right, there, it goes by when quick. You
1: leave one semester in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, the next, uh, episode that is, you know, when we're getting away from these teams is going to be the Connor Ryan power ranking special. Just a nice little tease for you here. Uh, we're going to do it a little shady differently as well, too, this right? year. Well, wait, sh- wait, wait,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Let Club explain this. Well,
0: yeah. So it's, it's shady w- wants in as well on this. It's just going to be a great fun filled event, it's, but what's going to happen is in years past, I've had all of us create our power rankings do a big mean, you know, rankings of, of everyone. But uh, you guys have kind of heard what we've thought on, on all these teams. And it's time to bring in uh, Dr. Ryan, the, the, the lawyer, the firm, see what he has, one through 32. We will make our own lists just to kind of see where we fall with Connor, but we will not be, you know, sharing our full list. We're going to let Connor go 32-1, to one, and, then, uh, and then we'll kind of open it up from there.
1: I would love to hear a Conor Ryan free solo, but I don't think he's... Capable of doing that, like I think he would, he would, he would screw something up. I was just gonna like, say, is like, like there would be the over under would be set at like eight errors, like eight just like, was, like, errors that the audience would notice, like clear errors where like
2: the. I I was gonna say Connor is minus one thousand to get confused within within five minutes of of the podcast. Wait, wait, are we on thirty two or one? are be we like th- is
1: like. <laughs>
0: God, Are like, we
2: ascending or descending? <laughs> I got the Colts. What, what did he say in the mock draft?
1: <laughs> oh no, I don't even. There's been listen to any Connor podcast where you. It was the rankings last year. We were like seven in, and he got completely. We, <laughs> we we were like 15 minutes into the episode, and he didn't realize that we were doing it the other way. <laughs> and then we had to like restart it. We were like, clockwise, Connor. Clockwise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, oh, we love you, Connor. His, uh, love yeah, you, buddy. We, of course. I'm, a, I'm very excited to hear. Oh, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to, it's a little late, but Packers running back Dexter Williams for Connor. Little Notre Dame guy. First year back, six-rounder, I want to say. Give a quick
0: shout-out. Very nice. And that's, that, that's the North. That's the North, boys. Thank you, as always, for joining real, us and giving, uh, giving your time to us as well. So, always appreciate it.